Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. I am a wife to one, mom to eight, and Nana to six. I'm excited to have you here today. I have a very special guest, and we're going to be talking about motherhood and that calling to motherhood. But before I introduce her, I want to remind you that if you haven't checked out my simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Unhurried Homeschooler, I would encourage you to go and check it out. It's a very short read and it's on Amazon. I also have a 31-day devotional that's written specifically for homeschool moms. And that is also on Amazon. It is called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. Well, the homeschool conference season is upon us for 2020, and I'm going to be in several locations. I will leave a link in the podcast notes sharing where I'm going to be. So I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about motherhood. And my personal background is that as a child, I knew that motherhood was what, that was my calling. That was going to be my career. I was going to make the investment of a lifetime into my family and into my kids. So I am excited. Um, I was excited when I first ran across a post that was shared. Um, and my, uh, she's now my friend, Marissa Boonstra, who has called to mothering.com or called to motherhood.com. She, uh, she, there was, it was a post that she had written and it had to do with um, just sort of this kind of victim mentality, this sort of woe is me sentiment that undermines the joy of motherhood. And she was saying it's kind of peppered throughout our chats during play dates and fellowship times. And she was just saying how Satan just loves that. And I just, that got my attention and I read through the rest of the post. It was really short. I encourage you to go read it if you, if you can. Um, but it was really centered around the fact that motherhood is a target for the enemy. The enemy would love nothing more than to cause us to be discouraged and ineffective. And he can use that sort of, I call it uh, mommy martyrdom, um, because I've been so guilty of this myself. And I, you know, the Lord would have to point it out to me and I would recognize that I was feeling sorry for myself instead of seeing my children as a blessing, instead of seeing this ministry to my family as something that he had for me, just like, just as though I were out on a mission field. It was the same thing, only it was in my own household with my own children. And any missionary will tell you if they had their choice, they would rather have the people that they disciple and minister to as early as possible because then they come with that much less baggage, that much, that many less problems and obstacles to overcome. We get our children typically from day one. Some of us have adopted um, when they're a little bit older, but essentially we're still getting them as children. And that is such an opportunity. Um, but God says that children are a blessing, a gift even. And our culture doesn't look at it like that. So I just loved the way Marissa brought that right out to the forefront and, and just declared uh, motherhood for what it is. It's kingdom work and it is essential to the Great Commission. So I'm going to just give a little... Um, introduction, and then I'm going to, um, we're going to have a great conversation. So Marissa Boonstra is a homeschooling mom of two, and she's also the author of Bucking the System, Reclaiming Our Children's Minds for Christ, which is a book that I recently purchased because I really want to check this out. It looks fantastic. She founded Called to Mothering in 2015 to encourage women to find purpose and joy in their God-given calling as mothers and equip them to fulfill the Great Commission at home. Her ministry provides moms with resources to create Christ-centered homes and raise children with a biblical worldview. So she's a native Jersey girl and an Oklahoma transplant. Um, she says she relies on Jesus and coffee in that order to get her through the day. Amen, sister. She lives in Oklahoma City with her husband of 17 years and two amazing children who are 11 and 8. Welcome, Marissa. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much, Dorinda. I'm so glad to be here. 
I'm so glad we overcame our technical problems and I've never had quite so many problems before starting a podcast, but you know what? I think, you know, the enemy doesn't like what we're doing here. So we're going to press on and we're going to be, uh, we're going to persevere and we're going to have a great conversation about mothering. So tell us the story of what led you to start your website and your ministry called to mothering. Okay. Well, in 2015, um, I wanted to initially start writing about our homeschool journey. I wanted to encourage other moms um, about how how we were led to that lifestyle and kind of give them some encouragement about how they could embark on their own homeschool journey and how I did not intend to homeschool my children, but I was led to that decision through um, different reasons. And so I wanted to speak to other moms and let them know that, hey, I'm just an ordinary average mom who didn't plan on homeschooling, um, but this is where I am and this is where you can go too. And it's it's not as complicated. Um, it's not as uh, difficult uh, to do. You can teach your own children. So it was about a year after we began homeschooling that I started to write some posts. And when I was thinking about the title of my website, I was trying to think of what I really wanted to get across to other moms. And I kept coming back to called to motherhood. And eventually I changed it to called to mothering. And that seemed to fit so well because we are called um, to being moms. And some of us think that we need to um, go out to the mission field to reach people. And um, we need to go outside, you know, we need to be outside of our homes and, um, and serve there. And that would be bringing people um, to know Jesus. And But as moms, we have the responsibility and we have the calling to instill in our children um, the word of God, teach them his word, and uh, and also make disciples out of them. So I settled on call to mothering and it just took off from there. And it's um, it's really um, the name itself has taken on kind of different meanings throughout the years. Um, It's been almost five years now since I started and um, people have told me, you know, I, I feel like I've been called to mothering and um, I never really felt like I was supposed to do anything else. And so they've been, you know, just encouraged by the name itself. Right, right. That makes so much sense. And, you know, as homeschoolers, I think it can be very easy to forget that we are moms first before we're teachers, we are moms first. And I think if we can recognize that that is, that comes above, I mean, obviously teaching is part of being a mother, but I think we get this uh, sort of classroom scenario in our minds where we're the teacher sort of disseminating the information instead of more of that discipleship thinking. Because here's the thing, the honest truth is if you run into issues with teaching, quote unquote, or homeschooling, I always felt like my best place to really figure out what it is that was um, going on with my child was to go back to being a mom first. Seeing my child from the perspective of a mother and that nurturing place, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it became more clear oh, I think this is what's going on. I think this is what we need to do. And, you know, obviously that's, that's prayer. I'm praying over this, but, but I'm looking at my child from the eyes of a mother instead of like the institutional teacher type of perspective. So I love um, the focus being on motherhood and remembering that we are moms first. That's so good. And I like what you said about lifestyle of homeschooling because that's what it is. It's not just a separate box. It's a lifestyle. And that includes this this mother-child relationship, which is should be the most warm and nurturing relationship that our children have as they're growing up. And um, And this is why I love homeschooling is because my kids get this experience of learning, but they get it from this 
warm, engaged, loving, hopefully <laughs> there are days and, and moments, but you yeah. know, but, but, but that's the, hopefully the exception and not the rule, but overall they're looking back and going, wow, you know, there's just all this nurturing happening along the way. And, and, you know, by nature, we as moms are nurturers. That's, that's what we're made to do. It's a gift. Yes, absolutely. And it, it is a gift and um, it is a blessing and it doesn't always feel that way um, when our kids are disobedient or, you know, we're just, we feel like we're not reaching them or we're right. not connecting with them. We're frustrated. Um, either they're too much like us or they're too much not like us. Right. Um, and so we either butt heads or we feel like we don't understand them. And so that creates friction and it right. feels like this is not a blessing right now, but a blessing is actually anything that brings us closer to God. Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. And I think that um, it's so important to understand that um, if you're not enjoying your kids, I feel like because God said they were a blessing, um, there's, he meant that they were to be a blessing. And sometimes that's, for me, that's been a big gauge of, of how we're doing um, as far as our parenting goes as well. If my kids aren't a blessing, I think it's time to step back and try to get a perspective. And I do that by praying and asking the Lord, Lord, give me perspective. Why am I not enjoying my kids? And I can tell you that so much of the time, it was because I had sort of let the reins go. The boundaries had somehow sort of like moved out and, and the kids were, um, you know, kind of in sometimes walking all over me and I didn't even realize it. And that's part of the reason I wasn't enjoying them. Now, sometimes it was just me. I was grumpy, cranky, you know, I had a bad attitude, but I honestly feel like more often than not when this was happening, it's because I had um, not kept the boundaries that God had called me to keep with the kids. And then it would be one of those things where, okay, we're going to pull back. Sometimes we're even going to set the schoolwork aside and we are going to work on training. Like a lot of times it would come down to, I would ask them to do something and they would drag their feet or they wouldn't answer me or they'd answer me, but then they wouldn't do it. So when I hit the pause button, step back, ask God for wisdom. And I started, he would show me, he would help me recognize that this is what was happening. And so I think that whole concept of children being a blessing, a lot of it comes down to our parenting and how we're, um, you know, how we're parenting if, if we're being the parent that our child needs. Yes, absolutely. Um, we are the ones who set the tone in our homes. We set the spiritual atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And um, so if we are not growing in our relationship with God, if we're not connecting with him and abiding in him, uh, then that really does affect our kids. It affects our attitudes and our, the way that we think, the way that we see them, um, even with all of their weaknesses and um, their faults. And so we tend to focus on those uh, on, on those faults as um, negatives instead of seeing them as God sees them. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not, you know, staying in the word, uh, it colors everything. It changes our whole perspective, um, especially, you know, towards our own family members and especially our kids, and especially for homeschooling because we are with them all the time. And we, we see things um, that many may that other people may not see right and so we are and we're in the training and the um, the teaching every day just the daily grind we are with them all the time and we see these things come up on a regular basis Right. That's right. And I think too, um, one of the things, a couple of things to remember when we're seeing this, these negative things in our kids, first of all, um, remember that our children are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a very good chance that the negative thing you're seeing is just the negative side to um, a very good strong character trait. For instance, a lot of times the child who's going to be a leader is the one who's going to buck you more and going to give you more hassles and going to challenge you more, but they're also going to be that leader down the road. And so teaching them 
how to serve well first, because, you know, Jesus said, if you want to be great in his kingdom, you have to be a servant of all. So they learn to be a servant leader through their training throughout their childhood. And when they understand what it looks like and feels like to serve, they can become better leaders. And I think it's, so I think it's important when we see these negative traits to recognize that there is actually a positive side to that particular trait as well. There's a strength there as well. And we have to pray and ask God to give us eyes to see what that looks like for that child. Because some kids, it's really difficult when you're clashing frequently. You begin to, like, I remember feeling like that when that child would walk in the room and I would cringe because I felt, I realized, why am I cringing every time this kid is walking in the room? Lord, what is it? And I realized it was because I felt like every time he came in, he wanted something from me. It was never coming to give anything or, and I said, I thought to myself, hmm, okay, Lord, I see. Okay, what do we do with this? Show me what to do with this. What is this looking like? Maybe we need to have him practice serving a little bit more because clearly he's thinking about himself all the time and we need to teach some, you know, being other oriented. Um, The other piece about the negative you know, when it comes to personalities is to remember that every time there's a conflict with our kids, and this took me a long time to recognize, but every time there's a conflict with our kids, it's, it's not, we see it often as an obstacle and it does feel like that because we have things we're trying to get done. But if we can stop and recognize it as an opportunity and then ask God to show us what is my what is my opportunity here? Because anytime there's a negative, God can have something. He does. He has something good in it. And whether that's, you know, some some direction we're gonna get as a parent, something we need to teach our kids. But this, like you said, we're with our kids all day long when we homeschool. So we have this opportunity which also can feel like an obstacle sometimes, this opportunity to truly disciple them and to truly be the parent that they need. And, um, and it really, it truly is an opportunity of a lifetime. Yes. And we, I think we need to get back to that. We need to share that message um, that it is an opportunity. Um, and I've had a lot of moms tell me I could never homeschool. Um, I could never be with my kids all day long. And we're just, as a culture, we're not used to having our kids with us very much because either they're at school um, for six, seven hours a day, and then they do activities and they do homework. And we just don't have a lot of that connection, that one-on-one time during the week with our kids in general. And so we're not used to, you know, that having all that time with them. And so we don't really see those frustrating moments as opportunities to, to dig in um, to their character and help disciple them, as you were saying, um, and apply um, different verses to their behavior. And so I found the more that I've done that, the more I've been willing to um, see it differently, ask God to help me see it um, from his perspective, Mm -hmm. then I've been able to enjoy being with my kids more Mm -hmm. and taking an active role in discipling them. And um, also just to stop what I'm doing and, and just reach out and say, hey, what's going on? And just share with them, read uh, Bible verses with them, memorize them as well, um, because that helps also train their character. Um, But we don't, like you were saying, we don't see that as a an opportunity and we need to go back to that. Right, exactly. And some of us as homeschoolers started out well. We started out with that thought in mind that we were going to disciple our kids and somewhere along the way, the calendar filled up. And it continues to fill up. And I really, I feel like you and I talked about this before that we really felt like we needed to address this. So talk a little bit about this busyness because I, you know, obviously the unhurried homeschooler. Um, that's, that's, I'm constantly talking to moms about slowing down. You know, um, originally like the, uh, 
the original idea behind the Unhurried Homeschooler was first and foremost, not to rush our kids into book work, but to give them time to play and experience and have experiences and stuff as they're little and slowly ease them into book work. There's no reason to push them. This early education thing is not all it's cracked up to be when kids have time and space and margin. Um, it's actually a lot healthier. So that's, but from that has also come um, a lot of encouragement to leave margin in our days as moms, because like you were saying, it takes time to work on character. And if we are just slamming going from one thing to the next, we're not going to take the time to deal with things in a biblical way, like you were mentioning, a biblical way. You know, we're not going to take the time to ask the Lord, what do you want in this situation? Because we're going to be so anxious about getting to the next thing. And I think what's happening, and I'm seeing this in a lot of homeschooling families, they are overscheduling and they're overscheduling out of fear. They're fearful that they're not going to be doing enough. And so they're like pulling back the bow and arrow They're Instead of just loading one arrow and being intentional to hit the target, taking their time and aiming, they're throwing, you know, five or six in that bow and shooting randomly and hoping one of them hits the target. And that creates a lot of anxiety in the, in the hearts of, um, of moms, I think. So speak a little bit to that busyness. Okay. Um, yeah, like you were saying, we are so busy and we are loading up uh, on all these activities and trying to, you know, to see which one sticks because we, we fear that our kids will miss out. And we've been told so many times um, through different ways that our kids will be disadvantaged and they will be deprived if we don't have them, you know, in the in the sports, um, on the sports team or in music or in the co-op or whatever it is. Um, if they are not with other children, their age or around their ages, and they're not in these activities or pursuing, um, different talents and lessons, then they will, you know, they'll falter. They won't be successful, um, they won't be able to, you know, interact or commu- communicate well with their peers or reach them. And um, that's, I've discovered that um, just through my own um, motherhood, jur- motherhood journey and also through homeschooling, uh, that it isn't true. Our kids don't need to be in all these different activities for them to thrive. Uh, my children uh, are not involved in all these different things. And we actually have never even joined a co-op. We've been homeschooling for six years now. And I just didn't feel like they were were necessarily ready for that and that they needed it. So um, we we haven't been involved in a co-op so far. And really we've only done church activities. Um, And they are thriving at home. They uh, have... You know, they've been able to communicate and reach their peers. And um, it's not through any, you know, activities that we've done. So I think uh, it's a misconception in our culture and even among homeschoolers that mm-hmm. we need to put our kids in all these different activities and um, extracurricular, extracurriculars um, for them to be effective or for them to grow. That's right. Oh, that's so good because, you know, there's something so sweet. And I'm just, you know, I'm just going to speak from being many years down the road. That time um, when they're young, like, you know, when they're younger, um, it's such a precious and short-lived time. And I know people, you hear that all the time and you don't really know what that means until you're down the road and you're looking back. But I had so many people say that to me before we had kids and while we were having our children and they were all very young, I thought, you know what? It just kept sticking with me. And I would just sit back and relish 
watching them play. I'd lay on the floor and, you know, let the babies crawl all over me and the toddlers peel my eyes open and, you know, all those crazy things that they like to do, brush my hair or just being physically accessible to them and just laying there enjoying their chubby little faces and hands. And uh, moms just, I, I think for the most part, aren't taking the time to do that because they're feeling this anxiety that they have to keep going. And moms, I'm just going to tell you right now, it is a lie from the pit of hell on so many fronts because the enemy does not want you to be effective at home. It, I always tell moms all the time, if you're a Christian, you have a target on your back. If you are a Christian homeschooling parent, you have a major target on your back. The enemy is not going to give up. We have to recognize his schemes. And one of his biggest schemes is to keep families so fragmented and parents, mothers in particular, so anxiety-ridden and fearful that we lose the opportunity of a lifetime at home with our kids. I look back and, you know, I had eight of them. So it's not like, you know, it didn't go by terribly quickly because (laughs) there were a lot of them. But I am so thankful that I took the time with them and I kept our schedule simple. We did not join a co-op either or any kind of thing until... Um, We did like a semester, I think, when our oldest was nine. And I just said, this is not for us. It just, life was, our life, family life, it just just was too upset by this going out every week to this co-op when we already had to, you know, go to the grocery store and do other things that were just normal things. That was enough for us. And my mom heart told me that. Our level of peace told me that. And I think it's so important to understand that we, you know, God wants us to walk in unforced rhythms of grace. And if that is not how you would describe your heart as you're walking through your homeschooling days with your kids, it might be a good time to step back and ask God if there are things that need to drop to the wayside. You know, I can't tell you, only you can hear from the Lord on this for your particular family because the responsibility for them doesn't fall on my shoulders. It falls on yours. My family's the responsibility for my children and our lifestyle and how we were walking out our homeschooling fell squarely on my shoulders. That was my decision to make with the Lord and my husband. So I just want to encourage you, if you've got too many voices speaking into your life, you need to silence them and you need to get quiet with the Lord and you need to let him show you what is actually bringing life and breathing life into your family and what is not. Um, Even just go through the list of activities, breathing life or not breathing life. I'll bet you if you went through, you would be able to filter that initial filtering like right away and then pray over the things that are left because God has a good plan for you. And he wants, he wants you to enjoy your kids. He wants you to see them as a blessing and to enjoy them for the blessing that they are. Is it work sometimes? Absolutely. But that is still a blessing for us to be able to do that good work. If you read in Ecclesiastes, it says that there is nothing better in life. So this is Solomon talking who had everything anyone could ever ask for. And it came down to this for him. He said that there's nothing better in life than to enjoy the work that God has put in front of you. This is a good work. And that's what I love about your message, Marissa, is you're essentially telling moms, this is a good work and it's worth your time. It's worth your effort. It's worth pouring your life into, you know, stop trying to put yourself in all these other, wear all these other hats that maybe God doesn't have for you and just wear that hat of mothering well. Yes, that it's kingdom work. It is building up the kingdom and, um, you know, one small brick at a time, maybe a piece of a brick at a time. And eventually it will grow into, um, you know, something great, something amazing. And um, as we disciple our children, they will build the kingdom. They will be set on a strong foundation 
so that they can make disciples of their own and they can, you know, do whatever God has planned for them in his kingdom. Exactly. And, you know, I think one thing we don't think about is our children are like arrows. Sometimes we forget that. And the Bible talks about that in the Bible. And um, the thing that's interesting about arrows is when, you know, when you launch your children out into the world, you know, you're not just they go out. I have eight children that are going to go eight different directions and affect thousands upon thousands of people that I could never connect with ever because I'm only one person. So when we are investing in our children, we are investing in this, this multiplication of, of what, of, of what we're putting into these kids. So it's not even just about this child. It's about that child's future spouse. It's about that child's friends and future friends, about their children. You're thinking about raising them with your grandchildren in mind. You know, think multi-generationally because it happens quickly. And then they... And then it's not just their spouses and their children, but it's the people they work with. It's the, it's the things they do along the way, the people they meet, the ways that they minister, that, they mini- that this is all multiplied thousands and thousands of times over. So you're not, you're planting seeds, but the bearing of the fruit is unbelievable. It is just, it's multiplied over and over and over again. But we live in a, in a culture that is really stuck and trained on instant gratification. And this is about delayed gratification. You're going to work and train your kids. And it says, um, talks about, uses the word training in the Bible for a reason, because training doesn't happen overnight. It's, 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 it's ongoing. You know, I mean, if someone would have just said to me, you're going to have to say that a thousand times and then they'll get it my expectations would have changed completely. So I'm just going to tell you the training is, and you'll see, I mean, you will see some fruit, you know, God is so good to give us little, you know, like throw me a bone, give me something to say that I'm heading the right direction. He will do that. And he's very encouraging that way. But a lot of it is by faith, you know, it is by faith. And um, I think that's just an important thing to remember as parents and as moms, especially. Yes, it, it's walking by faith because you you can't see sometimes. Uh, right. Very rarely, I would say you can you see you know the the end result, and we often parent with today in mind instead of in eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so focused on you know the messes of today and the struggles and the frustrations, the messes. Um, this, the sibling squabbles that happen on a daily basis in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are focused on all the the, the daily things um, on a day-to-day basis. And we're not looking long-term. We're, we're focused very short-term. Um, so we're kind of like duct taping one day to the next. And we're not, you know, we're not seeing long range. We don't have a long-term vision. Right, right. And I I talk about this a lot in my Nurturing Sibling Relationships workshop, and I'll be sharing that at some of the conferences. But one of the things that I talk about is that are the things that our kids learn from sibling relationships. It's quite amazing. Um, You know, now that I'm down the road and I've seen my kids go out into the world, in the workplace, get married, all these different things. And it's amazing how nurturing those relationships and teaching them to work through conflict with each other um, has taught them teamwork. It's taught them work ethic. It's taught them to think outside of themselves, to be other oriented, to understand that their choices affect other people. They've learned healthy communication. Um, Like I said, they've learned teamwork. These are all, this is feedback we have gotten from their employers um, just who are just kind of floored at at their ability to work with others. And, and the thing is, you know where that happened? That happened at home in the sibling relationships. And so it's so important to understand that homeschooling is about so much more than just the books. It is, it, it's much, much broader than that. And so it, it makes sense and it behooves us to leave margin in our day 
so that we have time to tend to those things and do what God has called us to do in discipling our kids. Now, before we um, started this podcast, we we wanted uh, you had expressed um, wanting to talk a little bit about anxiety. Can you share a little bit about kind of what you've seen in moms? Kind of, I'm sure they they communicate with you and and kind of what you've just sort of this just just sort of address that topic a topic of anxiety because there's so. I know there's so many moms that talk to me and anxiety is like on the top of their list of issues and things that they struggle with. Yes. Um, I struggle with it myself and, um, I've, I've found over the years that, uh, when I have taken my focus off of God and I have not, um, been, um, really staying in his word and, abiding in Jesus, then I'm focusing on, um, the daily things that all the to do's, all the things that I have to get done during the day. And, uh, I'm seeing my kids as, um, all the problems that they have, <clears throat> maybe with their schoolwork or just the character issues that they have and the behaviors. And so that all becomes very overwhelming. <clears throat> and I tend to I want to address those things in my own strength. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of moms are trying to parent in their own strength and their own ability instead of relying on God on a daily basis and walking in faith and just trusting him that all these things are going on. You know, sometimes it looks like chaos. It doesn't look very um, appealing or healthy at the time. It doesn't look like what we expect or what we imagine to be um, blessings, but he is working through that. He's working in our kids' lives all the time. He's planting or he's using the seeds that we've planted um, to grow them, Mm -hmm. to change them, to change their hearts. And when we try to do it in our own strength or ability, um, we just end up becoming frustrated and anxious. And um, we focus on you know today like I was saying before mm-hmm. instead of um instead of eternity instead of you know God's overall plan for for our children and our families right right and I think one thing that um is really important to remember is you know obviously with eight kids in you know 13 years we could go from complete peace to utter chaos in a matter of, you know, seconds. And it would be, it would sort of broadside me because um, I would think, what just happened? I don't even know what just happened here. (laughs) And all of a sudden there's that chaos that you described. And it's interesting to me because I would be like, God, God, you're a God of order, not of chaos. And so we need to ask God to give us eyes to see where the order is in the midst of the chaos because God is there. And I think it's so important for us to remember that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Um, The chaos can make us feel like he's distant, but he's not. He's right there and he's ready and willing. He's a very present help in time of trouble and in time of need, as it says in the Psalms. And so we can really... We can really hit that pause button. I think this is the this is the big thing right here, is not being in such a whirling dervish that you just sort of power through, like you said, in your own strength. Um, you power through, and then you end up missing what God has for you and for your kids in that particular scenario. It's always okay to hit that pause button and just step back and ask the Lord for wisdom. Sometimes it would mean for me. Everybody go to a place in the house where you're not with someone else. And I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to pray for a few minutes and ask the Lord to help me, you know? And the other things I've done is really just to grab all the kids even and just pull them in close and say, okay, we're going to pray. Some reason there's chaos and we need to ask the Lord and for wisdom. We need to ask him to help us. And what I'm doing when I do that is, is I'm, I'm saying, to my kids that God is very real, that God is very present and that he's not offended by our chaos, 
but he wants to join us in the mess and he wants to bring order to the chaos because that's who he is. He is the great peacemaker. And so if the, so this is where hurry and anxiety and just being, feeling pushed all the time is going to work to our detriment and we're going to miss so much. And at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, I really want to have peace as a mom about how we walked out that day. Were we walking in unforced rhythms of grace? It doesn't mean everything was perfect. It just means that I was walking with Jesus and I said, Jesus, I need you to disciple me while I'm discipling my kids. It's like this circle, you know, we go to Jesus and he shows us the good that he has for us and for our kids. And then we try to walk that out. And, um, and, and we, we walk that out with our kids as we disciple them. And so we just, we bring them in, we bring God in, we include our children in the seeking of God's will for our family. And that's very much a very strong way to disciple our kids because what we're doing is we're modeling it. And what they say more is caught than taught. You can tell your kids lots of things until you're blue in the face, but if you don't live it out, kids can sniff hypocrisy a mile away and they basically will have no interest. In fact, a few weeks ago, I was, I was talking with Chat Bettis. We were discussing um, overcoming anger. It's um, basically, he was talking about patience and overcoming anger, parenting with patience. And his, um, he gave some sort of statistic in that podcast about how most Christian kids, kids who are raised in Christian homes, the number one reason that they gave for leaving the faith was that their parents were hypocritical. Their parents were telling them to do one thing, but they were actually doing something else. And I think this is important for us to pay attention to. A lot of times when my kids were acting out, I would recognize that I was actually requiring from them something I wasn't willing to do myself. And Mm -hmm. I needed to make sure that I was being an example to them. So I love what you said about the fact that God is always moving. He's moving in our kids' lives. He's moving in our lives. And it's important to recognize where that's happening and to cooperate with that. Um, I call that facilitating what God is orchestrating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, God has something good for you. Yeah. Um, So I think when we recognize that and we begin to learn what it looks like to walk in it, that we begin to be less fearful. Um, What have you seen when it comes to moms? I mean, anxiety and fear, I think they definitely go hand in hand. But what would you say um, probably causes the most fear in parents? Moms especially. What causes the most fear? I'm thinking maybe like... um, a couple of things, just um, comparing ourselves mm-hmm. to other people. Um, do you see that happening a lot and people struggling with that, moms struggling yeah. with that? Yeah, I see people, um, moms driven by competition, mm-hmm. um, the expectations that they put on themselves um, or that culture has put on them, um, maybe even church, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um we tend to want to measure up to a certain standard that other people have set for us mm-hmm. um, directly or indirectly. And so we are kind of looking around to see what other people are doing and see where their children are and the levels of development that they are at and what they're doing, what they're involved in. And I think that does drive a lot of the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we also fear that um, our children, um, they won't be. Uh, productive, um, contributing members of society, or that they will leave the faith. Um, And so we're so focused on, you know, controlling their behavior right now. Um, So we're focused on the outward appearance instead of their hearts. Mm -hmm. So we kind of missed the boat on that one. I know I've I've done that many times. I have not um, aimed for their 
in their hearts. And I haven't been um, focused on the condition of their hearts, but rather their their outward behavior, how they are, um, how they're appearing on the outside. Um, because when they don't behave, especially in public, it makes me look bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have had many moms say um, that they believe that their children are a reflection of themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I still struggle with. But at one point I did, I recognized it was so clear one day. Um, I felt like God said to me, your children are not a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. They were made in my image. Mm, that's so good. I have had the same experience. I had to do the same thing. I felt like they were always an extension of me or a reflection of me. And the problem with that perspective is there's a lot of pride involved with that. Um, you know, it's, it's being concerned, like you said, about what other people think. And, um, and then that becomes our focus. And, and the bottom line is that our children come to us messed up. They come to us sinful, but God is, he wants to redeem them. And our job is to lead them to him. And I think that's essentially what you're saying. In order to get to the heart, we have to lead our children to him because he's the one who does the transforming. He's the one who does the work. And the bulk of our work, yes, um, it is the day-to-day, but as they get older, it becomes even more, it is in the beginning too, but even more so as they get older, it is, it, we, 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 it happens on our knees before the Lord because we begin to recognize as our children become more independent that they have choices they have to make the choice. It ha- they have to own what they are doing. They have to own their uh, behavior or misbehavior. They have to own the choices that they make. And it's best if we start that early on and begin to um, help them to take responsibility for their part. Like we would do this with the sibling relationships um, when there was a, a, a bickering or a, a fight that went on. I would say, okay, I would look at one and say, what was your responsibility in this situation? Because they inevitably want to point the finger at someone else, just like <laughs> Adam did and just like Eve did, because it's in our nature to do. Yeah. But to step back and and say, okay, but what were you responsible for? And usually the first thing they say is, well, he smacked me. I said, yes, but did you have to smack him back? Like, <laughs> no, you actually, you didn't. You, no, it was not right for him to smack you, but you were equally wrong in your response. So let's talk about what that should look like the next time. And we can, you know, kind of go down that road, but it's, it's, it takes time and it takes a perspective of understanding that we're just called to the gospel. We're called to be centered around the gospel and the gospel comes down to the nuts and bolts of it is I need a savior and my kids need a savior and Jesus is that savior. And so that's who we're going to go to, whether mommy is wrong, whether the children are wrong, Jesus is the answer. And that's what we want our kids to learn. And that's going to be repeated over and over and over again. And, you know, you mentioned something interesting because you were saying about whether our kids would turn out to be healthy functioning adults. And so I'm a mom this many years down the road, and I give you my perspective from here. The parent is warm, loving, engaged, and putting forth an effort. Um, I'm telling you, as you um, and as you build a, a cohesive family life, because this is very important. That's stopping and and dealing with these things along the way, these obstacles and these character things, and being a family together, having fun together, guarding your family time, like you're doing right now. You know, you're just in a place where your kids are doing great. It's not broken. Don't fix it. Just, just it, it's going well, not being part of a co-op. So just continue down that road. And when the need changes, God will show it to you. But the bottom line is this cohesive family life, this, these healthy, cohesive families grow healthy, functioning adults. Can I just say that? That is the key right there. And so this is what we're really talking about today is that, is that family life and that 
parent-child relationship that's healthy and it looks like God has called, you know, it, it looks like the parenting um, role that God has called us to, um, that responsibility and that investment and that um, pouring into. And you have um, a parenting class that you've started. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I just released my online parenting course called Raising Kids You Enjoy. And um, it's a five-unit video series, and um, there are worksheets that go along with that, and um, also uh, action steps and um, reflections so that you can reflect on, um, you know, how you see your kids and what you're doing in your, in your parenting, <clears throat> how you think about your parenting in your children. Hmm. Um, and so I put that together um, basically to help moms enjoy their kids. Hmm. And like you were saying, if we, um, if we don't, in, if we are not enjoying our kids, um, it's, we feel like motherhood is a burden. Mm-hmm. And I, my mission uh, is, and my heart, and my passion is to help other moms enjoy motherhood and mm. not feel like it's a burden, burden for them. Mm, I love that. From God. Awesome. Yes. And perspective is so much of that. So I love that you talk about that in this parenting class, um, because I think it starts with us. Like you said, it starts with our perspective. Our perspective changes everything. And so I think I I can see in your posts and different things that that's really um, a big thrust for you. And I think that's just so so important and so good um, because it's so easy to get focused, like you said, on the obstacles and the things we feel like we have to overcome and, and fixing, quote unquote, our kids. That is not our job. It's not our job to fix our kids. It's our job to reach their hearts with the love of Christ and to train them the way that God has called us to. So um, tell us a couple other ways, um, the other ways that moms can connect with you. I know you're on Facebook, um, social media, and your website. How about that? Yes. Um, my web- website is calltomothering.com and uh, on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash calltomothering. And yeah, you can find my course if you go to calltomothering.com slash raising kids you enjoy. Awesome. And what I'll do is um, I will include all of those links. So if you go to the podcast notes at my website, you'll be able to click on those Um and be able to go directly uh, to Marissa and be able to find her. So uh, thank you, Marissa, for being here today and for this great conversation on motherhood. All right, let's go ahead and pray over the moms. Lord, we thank you so much for these moms. We thank you for your high, high calling on their lives. Lord, I pray that today there would be a change in perspective, if necessary, in the hearts of these moms. And If the moms listening do have that perspective, I pray for just confirmation and affirmation that they are um, approaching their parenting and um, the life with their kids the way that you've called them to, Lord. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for being so faithful. Um, We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.